name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week we were given the story of the foolish rich man who built big barns and wanted to build bigger barns. And this week we hear not a parable, but the story of the man we call the rich young ruler. The Gospel today is a stern warning for those who have amassed possessions. Don't get me wrong on that. The Gospel is saying that the door is small into eternal life. I was thinking of the exhibit that was at OMSI recently, the King Tut exhibit. exhibit. Did any of you go and see that? It showed the inside of what his tomb was like. And it was just piled with stuff. Piled with stuff. There are carts and statues of horses and this and that. As much as they could cram into that tomb, they crammed into that tomb. And of course, these were things that were made out of onyx and gold and silver and uh, turquoise and all kinds of precious jewels. But still, they were cluttered and piled up in there as much as they could fit inside that small tomb. So that was a a vision for me of, of what it's like to amass things for ourselves for the next life. Because of course, in Egyptian culture, it was that you brought those things with you and that's why you needed them there. We Christians know better than that. But the Gospel today, I don't really want to focus on wealth because that's a very small portion of what the Gospel offers to us today. A very small portion. The broader lesson is that God wants to heal us of all of our sicknesses, all of our weaknesses, everything that plagues us. He wants to heal us. We have some sicknesses that are kind of surface level, like splinters, and they're a little bit easier to just pull and remove out. Each of us have different passions that we don't particularly struggle with. And those are the ones where we just need to keep a good eye out and not fall to those. But the others, the ones that chronically plague us, that are deeply embedded within our very soul, these are the ones that are much harder to remove. These are the passions that are so deeply entrenched and intertwined into our soul that when we have different feelings, the voice of those passions is what comes out. And we think it's our own voice. When we speak, so often we're speaking from our passions. We say, why did he say that? What's going on there? My anger is speaking. And it sounds like it's me, and I think it's me, and I hear my voice, and I keep thinking about, why did he say that? Why did he do that to me? But it's the voice of the passion within me that's speaking. It's the voice of the passion, but it's so intertwined, so interwoven, that it feels like it's my own voice. I don't know how many of you have had the experience of having gum in your hair, or children with gum in their hair. We know what a mess that is. That's what it's like. The passions are so entwined, so enmeshed, it just seems impossible to pull them out. And it seems like it's really just always been there and always has to stay there. Now what's the solution if you have gum in your hair? Cut it out, right? You can just cut the big old bald spot in in the child's hair if they get gum in their hair. But God is more artful than that. And this is why it's harder for us. Because God, He doesn't want to lose a single hair of our head. 
even said as much. All of our hair is numbered. And he said in the Gospel of Luke, he said, Not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. The gum in our hair is an analogy to the passions that are within us. And you see, God wants to bring about our repentance because He wants every hair to be saved. So He does the slow work of getting the gum out of our souls. Pulling, pulling. And this is what we see in the Gospel today. God wants us to be whole. He wants us to be free. But many times the work of removing is painful. The work of removing the passions. Like the rich young ruler, we each have situations in which God is disentangling the gum. Sometimes this requires decisive choices. In the Gospel today, the rich young ruler was faced with a startling choice. That startling choice was sell everything you have. Again, that's not a prescription for everyone. That's a prescription for him and for anyone who is like him. It says, sell what you have. And so each of us are faced with different kinds of choices like that, in which God is trying to ungum our soul. Do we want to forgive our parents for the wrongs that we've perceived against them? Do we want to justify ourselves to our co-workers in situations where we feel like we are misrepresented? Do we want to be patient and loving with our children even though they've done the same wrong thing for the umpteenth time? All of these are little choices that we have in which we can choose to turn away from the passions. God patiently removes the gum from our soul because He wants to create a fertile dwelling place for His Holy Spirit. In addition to situations in life that present themselves, whether they're the minor ones, the little frustrations, or the major ones, where we have had situations in our own lives that are like the rich young ruler, where God is saying, sell all you have. Where He's saying, do you trust me? We have these situations that arise in our lives, but God also, in His wisdom and His compassion, He's given us a regular cycle in which we can also go to war against these passions. And what is that? It's the fasts. The fasts. These are the times when we can decisively turn towards God and away from our passions. You see, fasting, as I've said before, it reveals who I truly am. It reveals how gummed up my soul is. Like the rich young ruler who was mostly blind to his passion of avarice, I'm mostly blind to the passion of my own desires. Mostly blinded to it. But then God gives us a fasting period. And then at that time, it's like God saying, sell everything you have. Instead, he's not saying that. He's saying, don't eat meat, don't eat dairy, all of these things. And what happens inside of me? I rebel. Maybe instead of like the rich young ruler, at least he was smart enough to quietly walk away, though it says he was sad. We can all experience that, right? How many of us are joyful at the beginning of a fasting period? We're sad. Here it comes. And maybe sometimes we fight against it. We rebel against it. But this is all the voice of our passions inside of us. 
Everything that says, oh, fasting is arbitrary. Oh, why do I need to do that? Oh, what about this? Do I really need to do that? All of that is the voice of the passion within us. Maybe some of you don't believe that. So I'll give a simple picture that I've given to others before. Think of a nice, good, nutritious meal that's good for your body and that you could eat. Just think of that. What would that perfect meal be? Now eat that every single meal for the rest of your life. How would that be? We can't even imagine it. I don't want to do that. I just told you to make a meal that's good for your body and hopefully tastes good. Now eat it for the rest of your life. We can't imagine it. Why? Because we want difference and diversity and this taste and that taste. And oh, that sounds good now. And oh, now this sounds good. And what is speaking inside of me when I'm saying these things? It's not my body crying out for nutrition. It's my taste buds saying, I want to taste that. I want to taste this. I want to taste that over there. Now I feel like this. Unfortunately, God is compassionate because we live in a world in an age in which that's on steroids. You think about every other time in the history of humanity, he had only a couple of things that you could eat and that was it. And instead, every single time we can go down the aisles, how many different choices can we make about mustard? How many different choices can we make about everything that we can imagine? There are aisles and rows and columns and choices everywhere. And so often, we make these choices with our mouth. So fasting is in front of us. Like with the rich young ruler, our Lord is asking us, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Because I know the rules are arbitrary in our own mind. I know that it seems just like, why Wednesday and Friday? I can give you the reason. Why these periods of time? Why these foods? All of that, we can have those conversations in our minds. But I tell you, it is the conversation of the passions within us. Fasting is something that God has given us as a profound way to fight against the passions. To have them revealed to us so that we know they're even there. Because that's really the tragedy of the rich young ruler. He didn't even know it was there. He didn't even know the passion was there. He thought that he was following a good life. And by many standards he was. I mean, look at the things that he said, I haven't done those since my youth. All of those things. He was very righteous. But he was blind. Blind to the passion within him. So blind that when our Lord presented it to him, all he could do was be sad and walk away. Because he said, that's too much. I can't do that. So we all face fasting and go, that's too much. I can't do that. And I say to you, try. Try. Because every little effort that you make, wherever you're at, start from there and just go a little step further. A little step further. And if you need guidance, I encourage you, come and seek guidance. But fasting is a profound way. And it is a way which doesn't just deal with our taste buds. In some mystical way that is hard to describe, all of our passions come out in different ways. And it's all there before us. It's all there for us to witness. 
But God does this because He loves us. Because He loves us deeply. St. Macarios says this, God's tender love is ineffable. He offers Himself to those who with all their faith believe that God can dwell in the human body and make it His glorious abode. God built heaven and earth to be the dwelling place of the human race, but He also built the human body and soul to make them His own abode, so that He might dwell therein and rest there as a well-kept house. I mentioned that quote from the Gospel of Luke about not a hair of your head shall be lost. The very next line it says, by your patience possess your souls. This is truly the spiritual life. This is the life of Christians. By patience, we can possess our own souls. Because our souls are all gummed up with all of the passions that exist in them. And we have the opportunity to free our souls so that then they can become the abode of God. Amen.